Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Is it bad on my phone that under my contacts I listed the suit as potential spam? <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. To each for his own. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. You want great new inventory? They have it. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All top of the line right there. With a sales staff that is going to work with you. Your budget's critical to them. They have all this repeat customers. All... Why? Because they're just good. They always work with customers. Customer service means everything in Sunbury Motors. Maybe a pre-owned vehicle fits your budget. Well, if it does, they have a great selection there, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Tobias Harris gets it done for the Sixers. Harris taking Bullock all the way in, laying it too. Remember, once again, Reggie Bullock. No more open looks for the Knickerbockers. Harris again taking Bullock down to the weight room and heading his way. Tobias Harris. Is that the zoom off? Is that Z? Oh, yeah. It's Mark Zumoff? Outstanding. Ala Abdenapi, his partner, too, on the call. They have been... um, Zoom's been a great, great, great uh, friend of the show. Appreciate him very much. All right. So let's get to the NCAA Wrestling Championships. Two years. Two years since we've had an NCAA Wrestling Championship. Well, it's going to be in St. Louis starting tomorrow. With that, we bring in the Hall of Famer himself, Jeff Byers. Jeff, welcome back. Great to have you with us. It has been two years since this thing. Always uh, always nice to be with you and certainly excited to get <laughs> this tournament underway. Two years. Two years. Can you believe that? No, I, I really... Can't. It's been a very strange couple of years, that's yeah. for sure. All right, so let's start with uh, uh, with this. Uh, the Big Ten provides a great primer for what we're about to see because the best wrestling is in this conference. So Robbie Howard at 125. What lessons do you think he learned out of his Big Ten experience that he can apply to this? I think a couple of things, Steve. One is just knowing, uh, and not that he didn't know that going into the Big Ten tournament, but it's different when you actually field and and go through it, uh, that that you've got to be ready to go right from the uh, opening whistle uh, and just wrestle through every situation right till the uh, the final whistle in every bout. 
and Robbie's a guy, Steve, I, I just think every time he is out on the mat, he's learning something. Uh, he, because of the injury, the, uh, the shoulder surgery he had after the state tournament last year, he has really had very limited time on the mat here, uh, even in, in the room. And he just has not had the normal progression that you would see from a freshman uh, over the course of an entire season. But what we're seeing in the short uh, time that he's been on there is is pretty dramatic improvement. And I, I really think, Steve, he has a chance to get on the podium here this weekend. All right, so now at 133, Roman Bravo Young will go in as one of the favorites because he'll be the number two seed. He's a, He is now a Big Ten champion. Uh, that has to bolster him. Stylistically, how does he fit in this 133-pound bracket? Yeah, his quickness, and, and Cody Sanderson said it from the day they, they signed Roman, that he's just the, the quickest wrestler uh, that he's ever worked with. Uh, and, and that quickness is now combined with strength and, and veteran experience. I mean, he's really a guy uh, that has been able to put it all together. And I think he can match up with different styles uh, because of of his skill set now and what he brings to the table, and you know, if, if we do get a Roman Bravo Young Dayton Six final, I, I think it is going to be a, a wildly entertaining bout. I, I think uh, you know Dayton Six is certainly the one guy uh, that you're not entirely sure that Roman can uh, can beat if they match up. Uh, but I think everybody else in the field, I, I, Bravo Young, the way he's wrestling right now and with the improvements he's made, Steve, I, I just think uh, it, it'll take a special effort, to, and there's a lot of really good kids there at 33, but I think it'll take a special effort uh, from from somebody other than Dayton Fix to be able to beat Roman this year. Uh, Jeff, every sport is every sport's about adjustments. So Nick Lee's at 141, and Boy, was he hit with a powerful, I mean a powerful ride in the uh, Big Ten Championship. Uh, now, they get, you got to get there, but what adjustment does he need to make to get himself to the top of the podium? Uh, to be honest with you, Steve, I think it's uh, avoid getting underneath. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, it's a pretty simple and uh, obvious strategy, and a lot uh, a lot easier said than done because Ironman is terrific at the takedowns as well. But I, I'm just not sure that there's a better rider uh, in the country, a better pure top wrestler uh, than Jaden Ironman. And I, I really think if you're Nick Lee. Uh, you know, if, if you do get that rematch, and he'll have some work to do to, to get to that final bout because uh, Sebastian Rivera, again, I, I think those top three guys at 41 are as good as, as anybody out there. And I mean, flip a coin on, on any given day. But for Nick Lee, to, to me, if, if he does face Ironman and, and that is in the finals, uh, I, I think the, the key is getting that first takedown and then avoiding. Uh, giving up a takedown, and, and obviously when you have the choice, go neutral uh, and, and don't right. allow yourself to get underneath that, that ride. Cause, and listen, there are some technical things I'm sure they're working on with Nick, and I'm not saying he can't get out because uh, you know I, Nick's as, as good as there is uh, on bottom as well. But I, I'm just not sure, again, that there's a better rider than, than Jaden Ironman, mm-hmm. and I just think if you can avoid uh, putting him in that position, you, you do it. Because Nick Lee has all the tools to be a national champion. That's that's why you look at look at it. One, yep, for sure. Yeah, one fifty seven Brady Berg. I, I got the sense that 
the Big Ten was a little disappointing for him. He's a 12 seed at this, uh, and I think you would agree he's capable of better. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, it, it was one of those situations, and it, it's just, I mean, this is where you're at right now with, with Brady and with everything he's been through is uh, against most of those um, upper-level guys, like, you know, probably anybody in the top 15 uh, or so in the country, it, it's going to come down to a takedown in that third period. And, you know, Brady more often than not has been able to get that, uh, gave it up in the, in a couple of the Big Ten bouts, and I think – you know, that's that's obviously the adjustment. Again, easier said than done, but he, he's just got to be the guy that goes out and wins that third period. Uh, I think he'll be close in, in every bout. I mean, I, I don't think anybody, even the, the Ryan Deacons or the Hayden Hydleys, I, I don't think mm-hmm. any of them are going to run away from Brady Berge, but it's in that third period you've just got to find a way to, to get the takedown and be the guy that comes out on top. Uh, would it be safe to say that for Joe Lee, the Big Ten was a learning experience. He'll go in as a 23 seed in the NCAAs, but what kind of learning experience was it for Joe Lee at the Big Tens? Yeah, I, I think a big one. And, and listen, I, I think I, I don't know that it was quite as uh, disastrous as, as what I think some of the fans might uh, think it was in that. Uh, and Cal's talked about this uh, often over the years. That he would much prefer, especially with a, a freshman wrestler, uh, that you're getting beat because of over-aggressiveness right. than, yes. uh, than being too tight. And they, they'll correct some of the, the technical, and, and that's what it was. I mean, it's technical things, and he likes the, the big throws, and you know, there's a lot of really good guys out there that know how to counter those big throws. So you know, it, it's going to be just some subtle uh, adjustments here uh, from a technical standpoint. I think regardless of what happens this weekend, Joe Lee is, is going to be a much improved wrestler next season, having gone through what he's uh, gone through this year. And then, again, to me, it's, it's more about having that mindset and, and talent, and he has the mindset and the talent. Now it's about cleaning things up. And, you know, he, he gets a little sloppy uh, for this level of wrestling. There's no question about that. But, again, it's easier to clean that stuff up than it is to get somebody to change their, their mindset into – Hey, we want we need you to be aggressive. If if you're not aggressive, that's uh, that's just a much harder challenge uh, for a coaching staff. So I, I'm really curious to see what he does this weekend, Steve. I, you know, truthfully, uh, I won't be surprised if he goes 0 and 2 uh, and and doesn't get a point for Penn State in the, in the team race. Uh, and I also won't be surprised if he right. finds his way on the podium. It's just a matter of whether or not. You know, he can hit a couple of those moves and then, uh, you know, pull a couple of upsets. And truthfully, I think that, that matchup in the first round, I mean, Travis Whitlake is a terrific wrestler, but yeah. I, I don't think that's somebody that you look at and say, uh, well, there's just no hope there for Joe Lee. I mean, I think that's a pretty even matchup uh, going in. Uh, Whitlake's just been more consistent for sure this season. Yeah, I think Whitlake's, what, 16-1, and one, I think something like that this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carter Storacci put on quite a show at the Big Ten Championship. And he did it as the season went. As you watch, and he's a three seed here, as you watch the redshirt freshman work his way through the season, what kind of maturity did he develop on the mat? Yeah, Steve, I, I really think that that opening loss to D.J. Washington was the best thing that happened to him because it, it really got him refocused. And, that, and I, don't, I don't think he was full of himself or anything like that uh, going into it. But I, I really think having that loss to open the season – uh, you know, just kind of got him to, to really focus in on 
doing the little things right and, and understanding that, you know, doing all of the little things that they preach about and practice each day, that's what leads to the, the big objective here at the end of the season. And I, I'm really glad he got the, the look at Michael Kemmer. I mean, I obviously yeah. about didn't go the way he would have wanted. But I think, you know, there, there are, again, some technical things there that they can work on and make adjustments to. And, you know, I, I think Carter is one of um, – three or four guys there at that weight class that uh, is capable of winning the national title this weekend. And there's no question the number one seed is Aaron Brooks at 184. He takes nothing for granted along the way. That's why he just keeps winning the way he does. When you look at Aaron Brooks, right, what makes him, in your mind, poised to be ready for this moment? Yeah, he is one of those guys, Steve, and, I, and obviously Cal's done a great job of recruiting these guys uh, throughout his uh, tenure here with Penn State, but he's just one of those guys that does not get phased uh, by, by anything. It, it, he really just has a relaxed confidence, uh, and, I mean, he could get thrown to his back and be down. He could get thrown to his back a couple of times and be down 12-2, and, uh, and he's just going to – think to himself okay i gotta methodically go about getting myself back in this match i mean he just does not uh, panic and and you know much like the other great ones that penn state has had he, he just loves wrestling so much and there's such a passion that uh he does not uh, there's not a situation that he gets himself into where he hasn't been in it before and he doesn't have uh, something from his past experience to draw on uh, to work himself out of it but he is just so steady in all three phases and just loves to compete uh you know he, he's again just one of the special ones and uh, you know he has all the physical tools all yeah. the mental tools and now it's a matter of just being able to go out and and let it fly and and have fun with it and that's that's the one thing he does do i mean he He's a guy that just brings it every day in, in practice with a, a, a genuine smile on his face. Michael Beard at 197. He's a 15 seed, and he's right out of the gate. I think he's got a 50-50 with uh, Jacob Kozer of Navy. What yeah. can that do for his confidence to, to get into a 50-50 bout with a guy like that and come out of it in the winner's bracket? Yeah, it, it's a big one, Steve, and it, it is. It's a, a dangerous matchup. Kozer's re- really good. Uh, you know, Michael's in, in, he's one of those guys, uh, Steve, that, I, and I think kind of like Brady Berge, I, I really think he has the capability of being uh, on the podium and, and maybe even fairly high on the podium here at the end of the weekend. I, I think if there's a guy that you're looking for as kind of a barometer to whether or not Penn State uh, can sneak into the team race here with Iowa, uh, if, if I had to pick one guy, it's probably Michael Beard because I, yeah. I think his talent, uh, again, is just, uh, through the roof it's just again making those little adjustments and we've seen him make it throughout the course of the season now can he you know pick up a little a couple of little things that he learned at the big 10 and you know make another dramatic leap uh, forward to get uh, at least into the, the top eight here in all america but that first matchup i you're right steve is, is just really key because uh again it is uh on paper a, a toss-up match but i think it's one uh that michael beard uh, can certainly win and i i really think he can get into the quarterfinals uh but again much like uh brady Berge yeah. or robbie howard it, you know it's not inconceivable that he could go 0-2 here and, and not score a point for penn state either in the tournament yeah, i mean obviously greg kirkville is somebody that um and wrestled a lot um 
he's had some, but even in the short period of time, he's had some like some spectacular moments. So how much of a mystery is this for him at 285? Because you know there there isn't a lot out there about him. Yeah, and I just don't think you know for this season. I, I think he'll close the gap pretty quickly, even on, I, on the upper echelon next yep. year. Yep. Uh, but he just has not had the, the mat time, and, and you can see. I mean, he's he's willing himself through some of the, these bouts, but the conditioning, through no fault of his, I mean, it just it's just not there. Uh, now, obviously, they're hoping it's better this tournament than it was the Big Tens, and I'm sure it will be, but. Uh, you know, to me, going into this thing, I I think you know Gable Stevenson obviously has uh, separated himself <laughs> from everybody else. Yeah. I think Mason Paris has separated himself from everybody else uh, after Gable, and then I think there's another drop off to Tony Cassiope, but then he has separated himself from the rest of the field. I think Ray Kirkley though is right there with the rest of the field, and and I I think a fourth or a fifth place finish uh, is certainly not out of the question. And again, a fence state is going to sneak into the team race here and, and try to capture another team uh, title, you know, Greg Kirkley's going to have to be part of that equation. He's, he's going to have to to probably be a top five guy uh, anyway here for Penn State to, to have a realistic shot of, of tracking down the team championship. All right, we always, we always lock in for obvious reasons on the Penn State wrestlers. So as you go through and observe this, Jeff, give me a couple of guys that you're really interested to see and where they are that aren't from Penn State, but you know have the potential to be outstanding. Yeah, I mean, I guess you start just because of uh, of our listening audience with the, the Hively brothers, right? I mean, yeah. Hayden, who, you know, North Carolina State fans will tell you, uh, earned the win over my final championship out there. Yeah. Uh, that's that's just as good as it gets in college wrestling. Finally on this, the Big Ten Wrestling Championship ratings were uh, at a record high, up 26% from a year ago, which is, is fabulous. But obviously at this level, you know, not everybody has Kale's philosophy of the go-for-it move. I mean, let's face it, what, what makes Bo Nickel legendary is he takes what appears to be near disaster and turns it into sudden victory. Uh, it, it's legendary, but that's because he went for it. Sometimes, I mean, I, are there times where you feel when you're watching it, Jeff, that at this level, when you get to the championship level, that there's a lot of wrestling not to lose? Yeah, and I think I do think it's it's changed uh, slightly here, and I, and I do think it's a big part of uh, of the Penn State influence here with with Cal Sanderson, and in, in that. Uh, you know, like any sport, uh, you know, you're going to get copycats when you see uh, success. And I, I right. think there's a lot more uh, coaches that are, are preaching, listen, let's go out and score as many points as we can rather than let's try to win. Uh, and it's and it is. It's an important difference here in terms of trying to grow the sport. Uh, but also, you know, and I think you're seeing it's it's why Iowa has had the success it's had over the last couple of seasons is they have guys that are not content with going out there and trying to win. That, that they are trying to go out there and dominate and score as many points as as you can. Uh, and I think, um, you know, I do think we're having we're seeing more top level guys that are uh, doing that. And, and again, I think there is the potential for some really. Uh, entertaining uh, final matchups this year, and you know, it really from the quarterfinals in, uh, you hope that that's the case because yes, with as many eyeballs as I, I think will be on the uh, 
the sets this year, and obviously with the, the fan capacity, very limited here. I mean, no general uh, public tickets are, are available. You know, I, I suspect we are going to see a, a large television audience yes. again on ESPN. And, yeah, you, you hope uh, that that you do get these guys uh, being willing to go out and, and go for it. And, again, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a 12-10 bout. I mean, exactly. You know, there can be entertaining 3-2 bouts. Yep. Uh, but they, you need that action. You, you need the, you know, guys going for it. And, and if, you know, you, you get some great counter-wrestling, fantastic, all, all the better. But you need that action, uh, I think, to, to try to draw in the casual fan. And it's been you know, something that obviously Cal Sanderson has preached from day one. But I think you're getting more teams and more individuals buying into that mindset. And and I definitely think it's important and, and good for the sport. Again, Big Ten Network ratings were up 26% at the championships this year. That's phenomenal. Yep. Phenomenal. Jeff, always a pleasure. Thanks so much, my friend. You'll have a great weekend. I'm looking forward to listening to as much as I can. Thanks, Steve. Greatly appreciate it. Jeff Byers. All right, back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. From Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 18 brand new 2020 Hyundais that have to go now. now. Choose from seven 2020 Elantras with savings up to $49.70. Starting at $16,997. 2020 Tucson Sport SUVs have a $56.90 discount and start at $25,740. Hurry in, only two left. One last 2020 Santa Fe with a $6,050 discount was $39,585. Now only thirty-three five thirty-five, and there's one last Veloster for only eighteen seven eighty-five. Now is the time for big discounts on two thousand twenty new Hyundai's at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Hyundai is still producing amazing cars with the two thousand twenty-one North American Car of the Year, the Hyundai Elantra. Save twenty-six twenty-two on this award-winning sedan starting at nineteen eight twenty-three. Now is the time, and Sunbury Motors Hyundai is the place in the North Fourth Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and uh, great new inventory, fabulous pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Okay, so great to have you with us on the show, Dave. Lines are open. You want to call in and talk? Love to hear from you. So we should talk at some point about the NCAA tournament. I haven't even had a chance to look at the bracket yet. Yeah, you and the King got to get your brackets filled out for our, our own bracket challenge for the show. Yeah, I haven't even looked at it. 
uh, there's a reason. I mean, uh, things have been a little um, crazy around here. Last yeah, I was about to say days. things have been a little busy. So it's it's been rightful. A little busy. Yeah. Uh, haven't quite got around to that yet. Yeah. It's justified why your bracket's not filled out quite yet. That's okay. Look, I can tell you, just without even looking at it, the two teams I'll get through the Final Four that are one seeds are Gonzaga and Illinois. Uh, I don't even have to look at the bracket to think that way. Um, and that's who I have, so too. That's the, now, when it comes to Baylor and Michigan... I see um I see issues. Baylor has not been playing as well as for whatever reason. Look, this happens. I mean, sometimes you come off a um a covid stoppage and you just don't play as well. You lose your rhythm. Now, they've been good enough to win games. But there's something that's just not quite there with them. And for Michigan, there's a couple things. Number one, Dickinson's not playing as well. It may free him up in this tournament a bit because he's going against guys that are not in his category as opposed to locking in against the guys like Kofi Coburn, Luca Garza, people like that. He'll have more freedom. But not having Isaiah Livers is huge. That is huge. Dick and Milton on basketball transfers. Long time no here. Too long. It is great to hear you. Well, I listened to Jeff. I knew I knew he was going to be on today, and I really we didn't want to miss that that twenty five minute segment, and, and it was enjoyable. I mean, he always has a good take. Uh, but my but my other thing was, and, and I really hadn't paid much attention to. Uh, I, I mean, I knew Penn State had hired uh, was hiring a new basketball coach because I, I I caught you on the day that was that was in the news, and you know, it wasn't official back then. But my other question is, my question question really is, with all these guys dropping out and going into the, it's the portal, and I'm not sure who's coming in. What happens? To Penn State basketball next year. I know well, I, I have a team. That's what, not what I mean. But what? Where yeah, does this no, go? I know what you mean. Yeah, I know. That's uh, that's why people have said to me, "Why have you been so calm about this?" And as you know, for the most part, I'm pretty calm about most things. <laughs> to the point where the suit used to ask if I was in a coma. Uh, I always, I'm one that always likes to let things play out. As much as we want to know now, what everybody is doing. I'm willing to let it play out. The players that have put their names into the portal, of which uh, there are seven, one had done it early in the season, then, of course, six this week. You know, they want to look at their options, and when you're looking around and saying they've had three head coaches in five months, that's a lot to absorb for anybody, like having three supervisors in five months. Well, now you get three coaches in five months. And they don't know the new coach at all. Everybody will tell you that Micah Shrewsbury, from Brad Stevens to we had Rob Blackman on yesterday, what a terrific guy he is. Now, I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet other than the, hey, how you doing, you know, pass him on the way to the bench, things like that. Uh, but everybody says he's a terrific guy. I can tell you the guys that have their names in the portal, 
Now, that I do know. They are terrific guys. And as I said yesterday, I'd like to see the ability to have a terrific guy get in front of other terrific guys and have them talk to each other face-to-face because I think it would I think it would be important. But the players are looking at their options, Dick. And it doesn't mean that they can't return because Lamont Wade and Cam Sullivan Brown obviously did. They came back. Kyle McCloskey last year put his name in the transfer portal for basketball. Kyle came back. So that does happen. That's why I'm just going to be patient and let it play out. Say they don't come back, which I think goes to the point of your question. Would that be fair to say they don't come back? That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. my, my question. So, I mean, these so, guys are playing yeah. Big Ten basketball and scholarships and probably, arguably the best conference in in, in, in NCAA basketball. They're going to they're gonna have a coach that came from a, a program that they're familiar with at Purdue, even though they didn't play for Purdue. They know they know mm-hmm. Purdue, and they, I'm sure they know what this guy's capable of bringing, and, and, and obviously coming from the NBA. I mean, it looks – I would have thought the upside right now – I'm just taking nothing away from Coach Ferry or, or, or anybody else. It's, the upside for Penn State basketball, to me, looks pretty would have looked pretty good just to say, yeah, I'm going to try something else for maybe. That's, that's my point. Well, I mean, Mike is going to be that kind of guy that you're talking about. Uh, he's known as being an excellent recruiter. He's known as being an excellent offensive mind. And there'll be a payoff down the road. You'd like to have as many of these guys stay. That way he's got a foundation to start from instead of completely starting over. And today, of course, you have the late signing period. That's coming up in a couple of weeks question is who can you get in the late signing period i mean you'd like to see him laying the foundation to get several guys in the early signing period in november then there's the transfer portal all right the transfer portal is absolutely available i think it's now what over 600 names are in the transfer portal right now so yeah, it's like how an many encyclopedia can... basketball players right exactly and can you get guys out of that? I always refer to it, Dick, as the waiver wire. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's the waiver wire, college basketball. But can you get guys out of that to then, and you should be able to, to come in here and play. But you and I both know, Dick, that the transfer portal is used to fill gaps, all right, to get a, a, a guy or two that then fill a need for you to go with the guys you have recruited in your program. It's not there to build the program with. And that's the problem with the transfer portal. If, if you have so many transfers in there, it's, that's not the way to build. It's just the way to fill gaps. Well, the other thing that's kind of bad about next year, because all these guys at most major schools can have a fifth year or another free year. I know, and that's so why, who, for so example... Who, so who leaves a team? Who, who's actually leaving a team? I mean, I have no idea. And the other thing, does Penn State, did, did, did they have anybody actually committed for next year off the bat? Do you know off one or two uh, players? I have no they, idea. I guess I didn't they check. Have, they have three players verbally commit uh, before everything happened. Then when the early signing day came up, all three backed out of their verbal commitments before signing day because at that point, Patrick was out. They all backed out of their verbal commitments at that point. But one of them has since said, uh, I wouldn't mind still coming there. He hasn't signed yet, so I can't really get into him, but there is also that possibility. 
So even that part was lean. They had three of them, and there was pretty good balance on the three. But none of them did sign in November, uh, which was two weeks. The signing day was two weeks after the uh, change was made. Well, I appreciate all this. I tell you, this goes back to what we talked about several years ago. I'm not sure who the, and I'll call the person an idiot in the NCAA that said, well, this is a good idea. Let guys go where they want in this portal of wrestling and basketball or whatever, or football. I just think it was yeah. idiotic. And I think it's gonna, it's coming back to bite a lot of teams and, and schools. And I just don't understand what, the, I don't understand the reasoning behind it. I mean, guys were given a scholarship to play there. And, and basically when they walk in the door as a freshman, if they, if they're not happy by the time the end of the freshman year, I'm leaving. I just think it's stupid. I'm not sure what that was all about. There, well, yeah, part of it is uh, by granting freedom of movement. Uh, I think they're trying to stay from away from people who would, for example, maybe take them to court over it. How about that? Uh, so they they grant that kind of freedom. I'm talking about the NCAA. They now there are only five sports where you have to sit out a year. Now wrestling's not one of them. You can move from school to school and wrestle right away. The five are men's and women's basketball, ice hockey, baseball, and football. Now, that's going to change, too. That's going to change. And right now you have the one-time transfer rule where guys can go. But you look at wrestling, for example, Dick. Let's go to something you really know a lot about, and that is wrestling. Most of the time it is a guy that transfers in. For the most part, wrestling is built with your recruiting. I, I think that would be fair to say. And every once in a while, a guy transfers in. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah like Iowa, he's a 141-pounder. He's number one in the country, transcends from Missouri. I mean, right. that's, that was my whole that was my whole kind of a bitch about wrestling. A guy looks out there and says, man, they're losing a guy that, that I just finished second to, and he's graduating, and I'm, I got another year left, and he's, he's graduating from Penn State, Iowa, whatever. And you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go there next year and fill his spot. And, and it's hard, and it's hard to argue that he won't make the lineup and be that guy. I guess that's my point. And it right. happens. It, it happens. Uh, yeah. Rutgers picked up a couple guys that way. Obviously, Iowa picked up a guy. I mean, I haven't seen anybody come into Penn State other than 190. That guy came back with 197 pounder a couple of years ago, two years ago. Yeah. And he was he got injured, and he actually just had an extra year there. Came, I, I think, think he was a graduate student when he came in. That 197 pounder came from. Uh, yeah, he was like third in the country, and he got he was injured yeah. for a year, so he had a medical redshirt year. Say Kent State, maybe. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Kent. That might have been. But Kent State? my point being is, he came in there, and there and, the, and with, the, with high expectations, and he actually got re-injured at Penn State. Uh, remember the and year so that, for, the year, for example, they got that kid that came in from Iowa State, and then he got a little bit, a little, he had gotten in a little trouble out there. Yeah, yeah. Came I, in, I, I guess I'm name? just not wild about yeah. it because guys just yeah. they just go from a, a from being the big dog on a team to to going in there and, and filling a, a, a void at one weight class. They know they're going to be on that, maybe a number one or number two team in the country, or maybe not even that. But they're going to go in there and they're going to wrestle right off the bat. Rutgers has two guys. That's, well, it happens, and I'm, I just never was in wild about it. Yeah, Soriano, of course, left here and went to Rutgers, won the national yeah, title. Yeah, but the kid out, the other kid out of uh, the, the 133 pound, 141 pounder, three, came in. He was a national champion. Came in from yeah. uh, Northwestern or some one of the one of the Indiana right. schools into Rutgers and jumped right in the lineup. Must be at yeah. 41 or 33. 
Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, so I guess just, my point being is they, yeah. they see it. They see a real quick way to to jump into a into a big spot on a really really good team. Uh, maybe their team wasn't as good, or and I just I just think it's it's just not fair to the other guys that they, they've got recruited at those teams. I guess that's my other point. And there's so many moving parts now. I mean, I I put together a lot of work in the off season, so you know, because you're trying to stay ahead of the game in what I do. And you should see the number of times now, Dick, I have to change late because oh, that guy showed up. That guy's on the team now. Okay, great. You know, and it, and it it's happening more and more. Uh, but again, it's. The ability to the transfer portal to me is the ability to fill gaps. Uh, I don't think Penn State has anybody in its wrestling lineup that's a transfer right now. They have uh, none. Obviously, basketball, Sam Sessoms, so that was one. Mm. Football now has more guys, but it's more spots to fill, too. I mean, that's, you know, you're talking about an 85 scholarship sport, so. Well, I'm going to let you get off here, but I don't know if you mentioned it, but Danville won their game last night against their, in their first first round playoff game against Scranton Prep, and they're moving on in the next round against uh, in the state state championships against I think well, one of the teams out of the Harrisburg area this weekend. So it's a pretty big deal. I mean, yeah, it's a big good. deal. They're not it's, bad, obviously. It's a, so. it's a big deal, and of course, the tough one was Shikolimi, you know, unable to right. play. So Central Mountain's going to play in their place. Ah, right. Hate that. Hate that. Well, I see the NCAA has to go out and get a few more officials, anyhow, <laughs> for, for the basketball. Yeah, they lost six they, right off the bat. They, the COVID, yeah, they, COVID they, lost, they lost six. And not only that, but there's like, you know how many Final Fours those guys have? There's a lot of a Final lot. Fours in that group. Teddy's done eight. Ayers has done Roger, I think, has done six. Uh, oh, no. John Higgins has done six. Roger Ayers has done four. It's like. Like seventeen or eighteen Final Fours in those six guys. Kip Kissinger's done one. Uh, huh. Unbelievable. I don't know if he's officiated. Maybe Teddy Valentine will be back in the lineup. Does he? he does he doesn't officiate anymore? No, does he? Teddy. No. Oh yeah, no. Teddy was one of the guys knocked out. He was. I wasn't even sure if he was even doing yeah, games Teddy, anymore. So I. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ted, no, Teddy's doing a lot of SEC. He's doing Southeastern Conference games right now, not the Big Ten. I got you. So, well, maybe yeah. he'll be back in the they're lineup. Indep- they're independent contractors. Yeah, they're independent contractors, so that's why they, they change conferences. And it's, you know, that's like Roger that's Ayers big, usually works the business. ACC. Oh, my goodness. The amount of money they make as independent contractors, that's why they work sometimes five, maybe as much as six as often as six times a week. They're trying to garner as much cash as they can in a short period of time. Football, NCAA football is not. That, is that the same way? Because they, they bring whole crews uh, in. Don't those crews usually work from game to game. They don't, don't they just move from place to place, a whole crew? Yeah, right. They're whole crews, and uh, some work. Like, for example, the Big Ten also works Mid-American Conference, but they're only one game a week. So since they're one game a week, maybe they'll pick up a midweek game when the Mid-American Conference goes midweek, but that's it. And because it's a week-by-week thing, that's not as much of an issue. Basketball, they can pick up a game on almost any night. Yeah, because they play seven days a week, and they play college basketball exactly. almost every day somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. 
But you know what you're finding? There's a shortage of officials now on the high school level. California, now obviously with COVID, it's been different. But before the, well, the only thing outbreak, I know this year, it wasn't because the fans were yelling at them. Right. <laughs> before the COVID <laughs> outbreak, been a big thing did you about know that California? Well, they, they're not supposed to listen to the fans, but nobody was just being assaulted by the fans this year in any sport. I saw my first, by the way, no. I got to see my first live sporting event on Saturday or Sunday over at Bucknell. Uh, I went over to the men's lacrosse for a while, and it got too cold and windy. Uh, I guess my, that's the first time I've seen a live event since last basketball season anywhere. Well, good to have you back out there. It's good that you're well, able to and go. Well, the, the other thing, my brother and I talk about this. Right now, we would be probably somewhere almost out to St. Louis if we weren't there by now. So that didn't happen again oh, this I year. Oh, I know. Orlando, well, I mean, I thought about that. Anyhow, nice talking to you, Steve. Yeah, Thanks. I thought about that. Nice talking to you, too, Dick. Yeah, I was going to say, California in the high school football, there such a shortage of officials. California is now playing high school games on Wednesdays and Fridays. Why? So they can double up the officials. That's because there's a shortage. We'll wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKO. Great to have you with us on the show today. Adam Zucker on the show tomorrow. Dave Cicchini on the show tomorrow. Um, more Cicchini, less suit. Uh, it's it's really... No. I... You, sir, are my hero! And justifiably so. The... Uh, that the great line from the old show WKRP in Cincinnati it had the newscaster Les Nessman, winner of the Silver Saw Award, and Dr. Johnny Fever, played by Howard Hessman, would go on and say, More music, Les Nessman. <laughs> Today's show has been brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. The best. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. All with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sales staff that always works with you. Service department, it's top-notch. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummelsworth and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK.